Welcome back to Daily DVR. It's Monday. Thank you for starting your week with us. We're going to be talking a little bit about Succession, Season 4, Episode 2. We're also going to be talking about my experiences taking my kid to go see Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe we'll talk about some other stuff, too. I'm here with Andy. Andy, how you doing, pal? Well, I'm doing great. I think today we need to just go full clockwork orange for this show. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, my droog. Yes, we'll do that. We'll drink some milk and uh, go to the Maloco Cafe or whatever that was called. We'll have a good old time, baby. You could check us out at DVRpodcast.com, of course. And you can become a patron to support one of our many podcasts. We're covering Yellow Jackets. We're covering Rabbit Hole right now. We just finished Mayor of Kingstown. We, of course, have done Mindhunter, Podcast Winterfell, all so much stuff. Head over to patreon.com slash DVR if you'd like to support us. Like so many of our great new patrons, Manny, Lady Pris, Savage Ginger, we appreciate you and... Patreon is where it's at, patreon.com slash DVR. So let's jump right in. All right, Andy, we had a new episode of Succession, but first I want to regale you with my tales of going to the movies. How does that sound? I, I always love to hear any time. I know how much you really are, don't care for the theater experience, so I always love to hear your thoughts when you do venture out into the wilderness. Yeah, you know, I'm going to try not to complain too much, but I'm going to complain, of course, a little bit. But, <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's me. As I've gotten older, I have just become, I know it's like a sensitivity thing or something, but r- loud noises, bright lights, I just, I can't do it like I used to. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. really kind of get me going. More so, it's like too much. So, yep. I do actually wear earplugs when I go to the theater and especially in this one I had to do it it was so loud do you find when you go to the movie theater that it's very it's like a lot louder than when we were kids I you know I think so but I don't I'm probably not the best best gauge for that because just in my normal everyday life it tends to be loud a lot so I'm sure I have a a limited hearing loss so it doesn't it doesn't seem it doesn't really bother me. I mean, I always I usually wear ear protection when I'm outside working around stuff that is loud, but you still have some damage from doing that. So it doesn't really bother me, but I know plenty of other people where they have to sit way in the back of the theater mm-hmm. away from the front speakers or stuff like that. It doesn't bother me, but I completely get people that do. When when you have the uh, the ear things in, can you still hear the make out the dialogue okay? Perfectly. I can hear okay. everything perfectly. There were and, you know, you can adjust. I mean, I don't know. I wear earplugs to sleep. And I mm-hmm. and I think people who do that know, like, you can kind of push it in farther or maybe pull it out. A yeah. little, you know what I'm saying? So you can adjust yep. a little bit. Um, but, yeah, this, see, they had, in this theater, all of the speakers are on the side, right? So they're, like, kind <laughs> oh, of yeah. enveloping you. And I usually like to sit on the aisle seat. So I do too for my legs. Yeah, because we're bigger dudes. So you want to be able to get up, but also spread out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, that part was great. The theater was so comfortable. We did the what? Do, what do they call it? XD or something with with the bigger seats, you know. Yep. Um, and that was nice. You know, you get the little electronic. You know, you can go back and forth, lift your feet up, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just very loud. 
a little weird instead of having like local ads in the beginning uh, this i live out here in portland this theater had like two youtubers kept on coming on and talking about like upcoming movies have you ever seen that oh, i'm a, i'm anno- i'm annoyed already just hearing the fact <laughs> that there's youtubers that came on they were not the weird thing too is they were rather old too like the lady looked like to be in her mid 40s and the dude like his mid 30s but they would like kind of go back and forth to be like we've got something to talk to you about Jenna Ortega, she's in Wednesday. Have you seen it? It's awesome. What a compelling you know what? performance. Unless it's Mike or Justin, I don't really care to hear from any of the YouTubers. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Luckily, we don't have that here. We, we have a few local ads, and that just goes straight to – and it does like the little, welcome to the theater, go get your food, and then the three or four previews, and that's it. It's pretty old yeah. school here yet on the, when it comes to that. See, I have, I'd probably go to the theater – once a year maybe it's actually the last time it went wasn't that long ago i think we saw dr strange i don't know when that came out i don't even remember Uh, that was about a year ago oh okay it was about a year ago so the kid will get me to go out to and i would probably go more often if there were more movies that we wanted to see he doesn't really ask that often to go see a movie because things come out so quickly you know and he kind of grew up during covid right so he's used to things it's a different yep. world, you know? He doesn't yeah, have Luke's, that same thirst. I was going to say, Luke's only, we've only taken Luke to one movie. We went to that uh, animated DC Super Pets thing last summer. It was the first movie he's ever been to. And I keep saying, do you want to go to the movies? You want to go? And he's like, no, we can just, let's just watch something at home. Yeah. So yeah. it's not really, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to try and push it on him a little bit more because I still love the theater experience. And one of the things that I don't let, I mean, one of the negative things about having uh, kids, small kids, is it's hard, really hard to go do that. So I've I've been way way cut back on my movie theater experience. So, so and you know the other thing I was thinking too, when you get older too, you can, not everything has to be an explosion movie. So the the loudness might not bother you quite so bad when it's not Marvel or Star Wars or like you said Dungeons and Dragons, where I'm sure there's a lot of very loud special effects. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, I considered that too. That I was thinking to myself. Now I'm very sensitive to loud noises like that to begin with. But if, uh, if this was, you know, a drama or something, you know, if, if we were sitting there watching, I don't know, say I would just watch tar, which I absolutely love. We chat a little bit about that on the old facey book. But yeah. um, if I was seeing that in a theater, I don't think I would need to wear earplugs in my ear. I think I could watch it even though, when I did see 2001, like three or four years ago in a theater, I had, it was so loud. That's the thing is that the idea of the theater being so large and so loud has, I think, and being in a, and being so long too, right? Mm-hmm. That all movies are like over two, two and a half, three hours now. Yep. Because I think, I was thinking about this. I think it's like the 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 the, the production companies can't control yeah, the yep. theater. Oh, right? those product. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So instead of trying to control the theater, they can control the movie. So they make it louder, right? We mm-hmm. obviously we have more special effects, but they also make it longer, so it feels like more of an experience. Then yep. you're just going for like an hour and a half or something. 
But yeah. I'm one person that I don't need a movie to be. Do you need a movie to be three hours long to feel like you got your money's worth? Well, I think, I mean, I, think, I know I've said this quote many times online, and, and I can't remember the exact quote off the top of my head, but it's a Roger Ebert one that says something to the effect of, no good movie is too long, no bad movie is too short. So for me, it doesn't really, I mean, if it's a, I can sit there for a three-hour movie and be riveted, and I'm it just flies by. Like, But if it's, well, same thing, if it's 90 minutes long and it's something just awful, it can feel like torture. So the movie length doesn't, I mean, Sometimes it will, if, depending on like if I have to get up and stretch my legs or something. But for the most part, it doesn't bother me too much. But that may change the older I get too. So, I like that quote, dude. I like that quote yeah. very much. That that actually makes a lot of sense because sometimes I think, okay, if you're making you know a drama like There Will Be Blood or Gandhi or some shit, then I can understand it being three hours. But you know, yeah, I think John there's rumors Rick that the new Scorsese is close to four hours. So. Yeah, see, now I think that that's just a case of people not being able to say no to, yeah, Scorsese. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. I think that's exactly Apple and Netflix. That's how he went to those places because they basically said, "Just do whatever you want. Exactly. We'll write the checks." Yes, and I th- I think that's a little much. I mean, I did like uh, what was the last one he did with the DH De Niro. Oh, the Irishman. The Irishman. But I also felt, I think my wife and I watched that over a period of like three days. Yep, I did the same. Like watch an hour of it or something and then kind of go, and then I didn't really lose the gist of, I feel like you should just make a series if you're going to, if it, like, mm-hmm. hey, a lot That's of people forget say. that Tarantino did that Um, on, remember yeah, on was, Netflix? Yeah, on The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Yeah, and he's hint- he's hinted at when he's done making movies that he might go into long form, long form storytelling, which would be awesome. Oh, I mean, like and like the thing with the thing with the Scorsese thing too. You compare that to Goodfellas, which is two and a half hours, but you could sit there and watch Goodfellas like daily, and you mm-hmm. not not have that same problem where it dr- you it's, you wouldn't want to break that up into two or three days. So good point. It's, yeah, that's I don't know. It's that's just a changing in filmmaker too, obviously. So just when as he gets older, so. No, but that is a good point, and it goes back to your original quote there, which is that you know each film should be judged individually. And you say, "What did this really need to be this long? Did it really need to? Could it have been yeah, like longer?" The best even? example I can think of there was this terrible, terrible movie. I don't. It must have been fifteen, twenty years ago, and it had uh, Josh Brolin and Megan Fox called Jonah Hex. And it was like 80 minutes long. I mean, it was under 90 minutes. And I remember seeing it pop up on cable and I'm like, this can't be as bad as I thought. And 15 minutes, I'm like, this is too long. This needs to end already. So, I mean, it's, so it's definitely a thing. Dungeons and Dragons is pretty short though, isn't it? Um, No, it was about like two hours and 12 minutes. But with, um, there was like a weird, I don't know if they I don't know what they actually include in the runtime. I think they're padding them now. So I think the movie was closer to two hours long, maybe an hour fifty. Um because Yeah, I think credits and production logos, all that stuff I think is included. Yeah, it was in it's, the running time. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And this was weird too, because it starts out with like the cast sitting on like a sound stage and they just each one at a time thanks us for watching this in the movie theater. I don't know if that's a thing post COVID that all movies do now, 
but you know, they were like, thank you for watching this as intended in a theater with other people, you know? Like, oh, I have not seen, I have not seen that. Yeah. I haven't been to the theater that much in the, since COVID either, but I have not seen anything quite like that. Yeah. And then it was like Hugh Grant was like, we made this together as a team and now you watch it as a team and, but put your phones <laughs> away. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, okay. And then it did this weird, um, which I, which I surmised was kind of like an IP setter or a, a universe setter where it, where it just came out with like dungeons and dragons, you know, just the logo, not the honor oh. among thieves part. Like what Star Wars does. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of like, this is a Dungeons and Dragons universe movie. Um, uh, and then at the, at the end, I didn't say to see if there were any kind of credits or anything, but there, so I think it wasn't, it didn't seem too long. I really enjoy, I'm not gonna. I don't want to go too much into spoilers for the movie though. I don't think that I could even remember to tell you a, an exact spoiler at this point, but I thought it was great. I thought Chris Pine was funny. I thought Michelle Rodriguez was funny. The guy, justice Smith, who is not in any way related to Will Smith, because yep. I think his kid has a similar name or something. But yep, I think um, you're right. It it was they were all funny and there it there was it was heartfelt. There was a bit of drama, you know, a bit of horror in it. I think it really kind of encapsulated I was a Dungeons and Dragons player, but I don't remember specific everything. But there's definitely Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. How much D D have you played? So you, you you're at least familiar. You're at least familiar with. It. I mean, because I played a little tiny bit back when I was in high school or junior high, enough to kind of know what things are, but not really enough to know. I don't know the lore or any of that stuff. That's how I was. I remember getting like the um, uh, what do they call call that paper? Like the graph paper. Mm-hmm. And making out like done like little dungeons and and worlds and stuff. And I remember playing with my friends and having the book and somebody's the dungeon master and they guide you through it. At this point in time, I think most kids would th- would think when they think Dungeons and Dragons, they probably think of Stranger Things. That would be my guess too. That's probably the biggest pop culture thing that is you know that's bigger than the thing itself, right? Like they yep. play Dungeons and yep. Dragons in it, but it's like, <laughs> oh wow, it's Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, so I was, a, I'm aware of it. I do not think you at all need to know anything about Dungeons and Dragons or that universe to enjoy this film, even though there are call outs that I recognize. And then upon reading reviews, like I like to do after I see a movie, Mm-hmm. I, I know, oh, okay, like this thing was from this certain book or, you know, this was from the yeah. original game or this just came recent. And I know there's a, at one point in time, they, they dress up a crew just like the, the cartoon that came out, I think in the eighties or nineties. Okay. <laughs> yep. So you see, I know that it exists. I never saw it, but I know that it exists or existed. Yeah, you you can you can kind of recognize that. Um, so that was kind of fun, though. That's and they the way they do it is not too much. So they don't even do like the Marvel close ups and you know where they kind of oh, really, yeah really tell you, hey, pay attention. We're... So why did uh, why did Lachlan want to go see this one? Any particular reason? 
He just thought it looked fun. Okay, because that's the. Uh, I, I think the name is, might be hurting some people. Like I know I, one of the trailers looked really good. I thought, and I don't know, a month or six weeks ago, I showed it to my wife, and like I didn't tell her what it was, and they don't tell you, and, and that trailer didn't tell you what the name of the movie was till the very end of the trailer. And like throughout the whole trailer, she's like, oh, this looks fun. This looks good. And then as soon as that title comes up, she's like, oh, God. Like she had no interest in it. I mean, I think she'll see it now because it's gotten good reviews and she has a huge crush on Chris Pine. But like the the, the title really turned her off right away. But I, I think she'll see it now. But I wonder how much how many people that will turn off. But you know what? Barley be enough people that actually like it because, it's, because of Stranger Things and everything else. I'm sure it'll, yeah. I think it did pretty good box office. So I hope so because like I said, that I had not considered that, Andy. You're right. I guess. I guess the way I think is just like geeks rule the world and nerds. So, yeah. Does anybody care about that? Like, do people really think Dungeons and Dragons is like too nerdy? Like, I thought everybody's a nerd now, but I guess yeah. people yes. still think. I was listening to some podcasts, and and they said, um, "Yeah, I think I'm going to skip." It was the uh, what was it? The not the business. Um, Oh, I can't remember with Matt Bellany, the Ringer podcast one. Oh yeah, um, what the heck is the name of that thing? I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Anyway, he he was saying that he was like, I'm not really into Dungeons and Dragons, the town. So I think oh, I'll yep. skip this one. And I was thinking to myself, why are people really? Th- it's just a movie. Like what? I guess. Well, I think I think in some ways that title. The Dungeons and, just the name Dungeons and Dragons. It's to some people, it's a lot like it is to other people when the name when like when wrestling comes up, it has this certain connotation for people, and a lot of people won't give it a. I mean, not saying that those two things are related at all, but I think that it has that same kind of thing with a certain sect of people that are just like, no, that's not, no, 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 no. Even if it's something they would like, they wouldn't want to even try it because of what the what the name rings up. I mean, I don't think it's hurting it too bad. I just looked it up and it made forty million last week, so I think it's doing just fine. But I think it it did do well, and I'm glad to see that because this is definitely an IP that I could get behind, and I think really people, once the word gets out that you don't need to know anything about Dungeons & Dragons, I think people will really like it because really I hope that, I don't know how the, I, I saw some marketing but I hope that they tried to market it towards like fantasy, like the GOT peeps mm-hmm. like us, people who liked fantasy. Because for me, I felt in that respect, it hit all the great little, like not only memories, but just kind of archetypes, touchstones of that genre that mm-hmm. I really enjoy and love much better than I thought the Lord of the Rings show did. Um, I thought it was great. And I think that if the word gets out and people just enjoy the movie for what it is, hopefully it can become a bit of a franchise and they can do, who knows, do a TV show, do whatever, because there's so much to explore. It's just like a pure fantasy world. And the thing about Dungeons and Dragons that I always enjoyed and that I remembered is that it doesn't really limit itself like a lot of other fantasy worlds do, like Basically, anything can pop up. You know yeah, what I mean. Basically, your your imagination can do whatever it needs to. And yeah, it's the thing. The thing that I really that that I like about the success of this is it's kind of like how Star Wars can be a like a gateway to smarter science fiction. This can easily 
kids that are watching this now in five years might want to check out Game of Thrones or go it could, or they'll grow up and they want to write something that's more adult. I mean, can lead to better things. I, I'm always for the uh, expansion of genre. To, yes. to put it one way. Yeah, definitely. I, I I hope that happens. I had a really good experience. Lachlan and his friend really liked the movie. They were laughing a lot. I don't, uh, you know, I well, that's good. I, yeah, I haven't heard him. Let's see. We what? What was the other movie we watched as a? Fi- oh, we watched Murder Mystery Two on Netflix over the weekend. Okay, how was that? Oh, he loved all the dick jokes, man. Every <laughs> time there was an Adam Sandler, di- I t- I've been telling him for years. I was like Lachlan. I tried to get him to watch Waterboy and stuff, and he would like watch a little yeah. of it. I was like, dude, you've got to get into it. Now I think he's hitting that age. Um, yeah, get Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. Yeah. Hey, that should hit it. That'll hit him hard right now. <laughs> I think that's what maybe today when he gets home from school, I should I should just put on one of those movies because <laughs> there's one part when a guy is blowing like smoke rings. And Mm -hmm. he blows a smoke ring and it basically becomes a dick and it like goes through a hole, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's so stupid. It's like Adam Sandler shit. Right. Uh And he was dying. I mean, like he was like falling off the couch laughing And then he kept on saying, he's like, are you sure this is rated PG-13? <laughs> like, he was like, <laughs> he, now he's just 10. So yeah. it was like such a big deal for him, too, that we were kind of letting him watch it, that it was like a PG-13 movie, you know? Yep. Um, but <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, he and he, he laughed a lot during that one, and he laughed a lot during the Dungeons & Dragons. It's a very funny movie. Michelle Rodriguez is great, Lost alum. She is really fantastic in the movie. Uh, I don't know what she really does. She act a lot. I think it's just she just gets paid so much for the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, well, I mean, Fast and the Furious. She, well, I think she wasn't in the second Avatar, but she was in. The, well, she had some cameos in that, I believe, if I remember right. Oh. But she's. I mean, she has them, and I think she was in some horror series too, wasn't she? In was it Resident Evil or some of those? I mean, she's worked okay. in quite a bit of genre stuff. I don't remember which some horror thing. I don't remember what else it was, but I think she keeps working. I don't just think it's not always on stuff on our radar. She was great in this. She was really great in this. And uh, there's a there's actually a really funny, like a list a lister cameo that I won't give out in the movie. Ooh. And also, nice. uh, like what kind of a creature this person plays? That's really funny. So all in all, I would have to say, if you have an opportunity, go out and see, if you don't mind really loud movie theaters, go out and see the Dungeons and Dragons movie. And I I kind of am cheering for, I normally do not cheer for something to like make money because I (laughs) just want it to be. You know, you just love corporations, actually. Yes, exactly. That's why we're going to talk about (laughs) succession. Um, I didn't need Waystar Royco to make any more money (laughs) on it, but... I do hope well, I, that it becomes a thing. I do see it was released by Paramount Pictures, and they have Paramount has actually been pretty great about getting stuff on Paramount Plus within a month or two after release. So my guess is it'll be on Paramount Plus by the beginning of the summer. Nice. That that's good. I like that, and I'll I'll, I'll probably watch it again with Lachlan. And the CGI yeah. was good too. It looked good. They didn't overdo it. You know, there there was not a scene where. There was like, 
50 million things running around they kind of the the fight scenes and the battle scenes were very specific and not chaotic not exit nice one not chaotic still camera something happens we cut something happens instead of all like the john wickiness type shit which is can be cool um i don't know have you do you have any interest in seeing john wick four well i still haven't watched john wick three i I have the disc sitting on my i actually got i got the disc cheap on black friday so i have the blue i think it's even the 4k blu-ray i just have it's it's movies that I've enjoyed, but I just, I'm not like obsessed with them. Like some, I'm not as big of an action junkie. Like the, I know some people that just worship these things. And plus this one is, isn't this one well over three hours? Chapter four. Yeah, I think it, I think it, it's, it's like, it's either at three or over three hours long. And quite frankly, I can't remember. I saw a John Wick where he I, I get I would have to I don't know I would have to basically turn it on and fast forward like 20 30 minutes through it to to kind of remember if I saw it because it all blends together with I mean look I think that they're for what they are they're cool movies mm-hmm. right and I think the way that what really impressed me was more so I watched, I ended up watching some like behind the scenes thing that talk about how dedicated they are to practical stunts and practical fighting on the set, um, how they use all the guys who had, you know, who have been doing this for, you know, decades in Hong Kong and China, all over the world, right? I love that. And I know Keanu Reeves, of course, who doesn't love Keanu, right? He's a nice Mm -hmm, dude. Yes. Um, but it's so frenetic and the plot to me too is so like nonsensical that I can't tell the different, like he beat up a bunch of people in all I remember is that his dog died. (laughs) And isn't that all you need to remember? I, I, but then it was like, I can't remember I, I, why he came back out. You know, I mean, I kind of think of the wick movies to kind of, I mean, there's one of these every eight or 10 years, whether it was the born movies were like that for a while or the mm-hmm. diehard movies or the dirty, hairy movies. I mean, every five, 10 years, there's a new, basically like a new action type for, and they usually kind of set their own style, but are all still similar. And after the first one or two, you, they kind of start to blend together. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, so it's I I'll see it eventually. It's just not a priority for me, I guess. Yeah, I know that people claim that there's like great world building with the hotel and the assassins, and I'm like, yeah, it's so. I mean, it's like a hotel, and they go there, you know. It's well, like my neutral ground. My impression there. that I the impression I remember, and like I say, I haven't seen the third one. I know that, so and I don't remember much about the second one, but that they had things that they hinted at, but there wasn't real. It was a lot of, it was kind of filling in the audience, filling in the gaps themselves and kind of imagining what some of these things would be. And maybe the third one changed that. Like say, I didn't see the third one. and obviously haven't seen the fourth one. So I don't know for sure, but let's say it's something I'll get around to. It's just not a priority for me. Okay. Now I remember the last one I saw, it was like John wick killed someone at the hotel or something. So he couldn't be protected. And I don't know if that was number two or number three. I can't remember at this point. 
I can't remember either. Like I said, the, it's it shows you how much I like. I remember liking him, but I wasn't say it wasn't something that there's so much stuff to watch. It's just something I never got back to. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that maybe I'll maybe I'll go back and see if I had seen if I had seen number three. But I don't know, man. I I it, yeah. I, I maybe I'll check one of those out. I, I don't think I would. I would definitely not go to the theater to see John Wick four. But I did enjoy Dungeons and Dragons, and I really. I mean, I do want to get to some succession talk here, but I do have to say, Tar, oh my God, what a masterpiece. That that film is absolutely brilliant. I loved every frame, every long take. Kate Blanchett, I mean, she's always awesome. Everybody in the movie was great. It was just... I loved it. I mean, say what you will. It's kind of funny because the plot is what everyone talks about. You know, like, oh, it's about cancel culture. Did you, you saw Tar, right? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. So I know there's debates about that. You know, she's a monster. She did. To me, it was just so beautifully shot that that was just secondary. I know. It, it, well, it just it's, I think it's a it's a movie that well I know when I saw it I knew you were gonna love it because I knew it's right up your alley. Well, Todd Field, anyways, I knew you were a big fan of him. But the it's a movie that I respect more than I enjoy. But I still can't stop thinking about it. So I think kind of like I had mentioned to you before too. It's like it is a lot like Kubrick in in, in besides just production ways in ways where a lot of times Kubrick movies the first time I see them I'm like I'm not really sure if I like that. And the more I think about them, the more I love them. But like I said, yeah, like you said, the the actual filmmaking, the shots, and the the editing and everything like that, the everything there is a hundred percent first rate. Except, oh. I actually, I'm a little bit down, more down on Blanchett than some people. I thought she was a little over the top in this. That was just a minor complaint. She's still, she's still very, very good. But it's, yeah, the it's hard to explain. It just puts you in a mood the way that Kubrick did. That yeah. it's not many filmmakers can do because like, and there, there's like, there, even though nothing really terrible, terrible happens, it just had this kind of sense of dread. The whole the oh, same way Kubrick can do that, yeah. yeah. And it's just, and the music combined, the music combined, the, the actual specific pieces of music combined with what's going on. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great film. I'm going to, I can totally see why some people hate it, but I, it's a, I, it's one I actually want to, I want to give it a little, about a year or so, and then go back and watch it again. I think I'll appreciate it even more. Yes. Tar was amazing. And the one last thing I'll say, cause actually I want to do a separate podcast on it. Um, maybe, uh, maybe get, a some more film peeps in too and I'll do mm-hmm. a little research and um, talk about Tar because I liked it that much but the mm-hmm. thing too for me was and it kind of reminds me of one of the reasons I love Succession is amazing locations the locations yes. and and I know some things are sets but what the the look and the whole production design of the entire film was just fucking amazing like every time they walked into a room um uh, like what where, where where they practiced everything was breathtaking and even ca- when they go to the even when they go to the back streets area yes. and they go down in the, the shitty part of town and all that yeah it's say it's a very it's the whole film is just striking yeah. and it's yeah it's 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 very good that's why i said the longer i've thought about it in my head the more the more i've my guess is i'll come to love it eventually i'm just not to that point yet that yeah. makes sense. No, definitely. And yeah, there's a lot to say about the actual plot, which we really haven't talked about. But I'd like to, I, I kind of want to think about that more too. 
But mm-hmm. may, maybe what I'm starting to think is maybe what I said, which is that it was so it looked so amazing that the plot didn't matter to me, kind of says a little bit about something of what the plot is, right? Like does and, the art overwhelm the artist? Yeah, and that was something. The plot is something I've never really even. I mean, I think about the themes and what mm-hmm. a little bit of what's going on, but the actual plot, I barely. It was more. And another way, like a lot of Kubrick films where I'm just, it's like, I'm living in that world and whatever happens, happens. I'm not really concerned about exactly actual advancement of the plot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's why some people hate it. Cause some people have to have a plot. They don't like to have and it, just uh, experience. Yes. And it does not try to force you to think about a situation a certain way. It just presents it. And mm-hmm. that is very frustrating for film goers too. Mm-hmm. People want to be told what to think this is the, yeah. or else they think something doesn't have a point yep. when most things in life, you have to decide for yourself, right? It's That's up to point. you. It's up to the viewer. All right, let's talk about succession. We're getting into episode two of season four. Uh, what was the title of this? Uh, let's see what the title um, of this. What, what was the title? I didn't write that down. I didn't write it down either, but I'd like to say serious people would be a good title. <laughs> oh, rehearsal. Oh, yes. The rehearsal, which was something that that's what I kind of wanted to start out with, which was didn't you feel a little bit sorry for Connor? Because every time there's something else, there's some kind of event in this show. The event, even if, you know, somebody Logan most likely kind of doesn't even show up like his ex-wife's wedding. It's Mm -hmm. still such an event, right? And, and Mm -hmm. it's the focus. And in this, it's like, it was just like a meal at some place. You know what I mean? It was, it was even less. I felt bad because I know last, uh, last pod we did, I I said something about how I don't really care about Connor. He's just kind of, there's like, I love Alan Ruck. I always have liked him, but I didn't really care about his character at all. And like, this has this had more Connor development than they've had in a long time. It was I did feel bad for. Him. I mean, it's even when they and even when they when the siblings are talking about it at the end of the episode and like when uh, they're chewing out Logan and saying, "What what the hell does uh, Ken say?" He's like, uh, "You don't you never cared about you never loved Connor you never did anything oh, yeah, you put his mom in a, his whole life. in a psych ward yeah." It was yeah I felt terrible for Connor. Yeah, it was it was a tough one. And he has become maybe the easiest person to despise because of his severe right wing tendencies, um, even more so maybe than Logan. But I felt like he also had one of the most important lines where he kind of said in jest, he's like hopping around like a monkey or something, right? And he was mm-hmm. like, love me, dad, love me. <laughs> That's all you guys do is you just desperately want daddy to love you. But I, and then he's like, I don't need love. I'll, and he's, yeah, I, I wrote a couple little, I wrote a few lines down this time. So I didn't mess them up because the writing in this show is so great. He calls, he calls the siblings, you needy love sponges. It's yeah. like, I'm just a plant that grows on rocks and lives off insects that die inside me. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what the, oh my God, the writing is just nuts in this. That is great. But then in the end, of course, we end with him cozying up to his perhaps soon to be bride. 
obviously, you know, the point of that is they all do need love and their whole obsession. Last episode, we kind of theorized and pointed out that they needed the Gojo um, buy, uh, buying yeah, Royco, the money. Waystar. They needed that money, those billions. Yeah, to, to finance. Their purchase of Pierce, right? Which is their big deal of getting daddy. But then this episode, they're doing, it's basically in a mirror of the first episode, right? Mm-hmm. They're sitting around with a bunch of yes people shitting on 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 the on uh on Pierce's TV station, right? Oh, this yeah. needs to be changed. <laughs> this is bull- more bullshit, super bullshit, dog bullshit, right? It's <laughs> I was just I was laughing at the ridiculousness of the of how it just idiotic there. My pitch, let's let's go hardcore international news. Global, global, hyper local. Let's 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 make it about Africa. Let's I mean it's just like what are you people even talking about? It's like I would watch that and it's like, no, you wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it's just it's it is very much like that. And even like you said with the bed thing, that's a mirror to the last first episode too. And with uh with Shiv and Tom at the nice. end. Nice, good one. Where it's Andy. it's just this kind of like they're all real it's it's almost like everybody's finally starting to realize their relationships are entirely fucked up. And when you make relationships based on transactions for lack of a better term mm-hmm. it, maybe it's not the best idea in the world i don't know it's it's i i, I, I really like this episode a lot <laughs> you can't tell yeah no i thought it was great and it was very funny i i felt mm-hmm. this was one of the funniest episodes and it i i think it's a good setup i feel like the the hits are coming you see it most with shiv being shaken by Tom going around and getting all the talking to all the lawyers, which she's like, my dad's trick. And they're like, that's not your dad's trick. That's like the oldest trick in the book. Like, that's like, you know what I mean? We've seen that in like four other HBO shows this year. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) But it just shows how the power that they give their father, right? That he, Mm -hmm. he invented this style. Come on, get the fuck out of here. He, you know what I'm saying? He's a copy of a copy. Um, seeing her kind of break down like that and throughout the episode deceiving her brothers trying to get in with um, uh, what's her name Hope Davis yeah um, Stewie and uh, yeah. what's his can't think of what uh, well she's taken Stewie, over because yeah. I think that guy's actually sick in real life yeah she's the daughter of the main guy I can't think of what his name is right now man so I wrote that one down too. It doesn't um, even matter, does it? He's the no, other billionaire. <laughs> and like, were you the same? I mean, Shiv was only wants to do this to stick it to her dad and her mm-hmm. and her husband, yep. right? Yep. She doesn't really care about this, yep. and it's and like I said, they've they they appear to be they appear to be a, a united front, but they they've all got their own things. I mean, uh, Ken was talking to talking to um, Scar's guard and didn't tell them. He's like, oh no, I was just talking to Stewie. And Roman goes at the end and goes back to dad and Shiv is doing all this just to screw everybody. It's like, oh, you got this is gonna end so poorly for you three. It's mm-hmm. gonna be ugly. The the conversation with uh uh Ken and um True Blood Man, Skarsgård. Matson, that's it. Matson, Matson was fantastic. And they get they it was uh, I mean, they've done this before where their musical cues are a little bit too spot on. 
but mm-hmm. I, I wish they would have not had any music during that scene because it doesn't start with any score. And as Matson is working himself up and just basically, you know, fucking slapping, trying to slap in his face with his dick. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, if you fuck with me, I'm out. Don't, don't, fu-, you know, and he's just, yeah. he's basically just, Kendall's been there. He's been that guy, right? Like we've mm-hmm. seen him make phone calls like this before and threats. And when he, when we just focus on Kendall and he starts taking in what this guy is really just kind of trying to overpower him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and alpha dog him, as he would say, the <laughs> yeah. music starts playing and immediately you know, okay, he's 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 going to join with Shiv now. <laughs> like You yep. could tell immediately that je- the only reason he did it is because that reminded him of himself, of his father, mm-hmm. And he just was like, we got to fuck that even more. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though yep. this is going to help us get the thing that we fucked at on last episode, we're so obsessed. And that's, I think, ending with Shiv and Kendall in the in the limo together and yeah. then Roman going back to dad because Roman really, like we talked about before, I think Gene is on team Roman too. Yep, she he, is. He is the smartest. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is the perviest, and he loves talking about his sister's vagina, which we did have to wait to episode two for him to mention <laughs> his sister's coochie. Um, <laughs> but he's got the most business sense, and he also can can he can present himself to people better than either of them, any of them, Connor included, he actually, well, and he, I, th- I think there's a reason why, why he got sent to that management school. Yeah. When was that last season or the season before? I mean, oh, he's, and two, yeah. the other, the other thing about Roman, I think there's a line in the, in the big fight in the dance club or the karaoke club at the end. And his two siblings are bickering and he's like, look, I'm genuine about this. And that, that was like, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Roman is the only genuine person here. He is he like he's the only one that if it wouldn't have been for him they would not have stayed with Connor like he's like guys come on Connor's in trouble here we need to just he like he puts on a tough front and says all these smart ass things about Connor Connor's well just throw another ten thousand dollars or all this other crap like putting on a tough front but I think Roman is the only one that actually has somewhat of a heart I think and is not he he wants the family to be together and it's uh, it's just so sad it is. And I agree with you. He's he's still who he is. And as his father says to him in the end, when he seems to come to his side, he needs a shark to basically Mm -hmm. build like a super right wing, even more right wing Fox News um, at uh, ATN. Right. Like that. And we haven't talked about uh, um, Logan's speech, which was awesome. But (laughs) Well, in that same conversation, when he's talking to Roman at the end, he says, smart people know what they are. Mm-hmm. And I think Roman is, has, none of them have a lot of self-awareness, but of the three siblings, well, the four siblings, I think he's the one that has the most self-awareness. That's a so great it's, point. Yeah. He does. And he right. seems to be able to have perhaps, I mean, I don't know, I'm just thinking about this now, but the weird dick pickler shit and the, and the this shit we've seen him doing. We haven't seen him doing as much of that lately. Mm -hmm. And we 
maybe he's like secretly going to therapy or something like that because he seems less damaged right now than his brother and sister do. I mean, I think Shiv and Kendall really are just on this revenge trip and none of this shit, the 100 or Pierce or <laughs> none of it means anything to them. They're just fucking bullshitting. They're not yep. going to actually do work. They don't want to do work. They don't even know how to. And quite frankly, Logan is correct. They are not serious people. <laughs> 100%. So, you know, it, it's it's great that the show puts you in a position of agreeing with this monster, but he's right. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that even Tom is more serious than them and has been able to exist in the business world, I think at a, a much higher success rate than they have. Maybe it's just because he gets Greg to do everything for him. But I think that it was a Roman is the, is the one of them who is a serious person and he can stand up when he needs to talk to people, get a deal done, finish it and really is thinking about the bottom line and not just about getting revenge on dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, I, I think that's that one. I mean, he's the one, I think we I think we said it in the last episode, what Roman's biggest fault is probably his reliance on his dad and his worship of his dad. But at the same time, he is, he seems to actually care more than it doesn't seem like Kendall and Shiv really care about the family. I mean, I'm sure they do in their own twisted way, but it's, I don't know that the Roman storyline, just every episode I'm, I'm getting more and more into what's going to happen to Roman. Yeah, I hope. And that's what we talked about that last week. I hope that they develop. I want to know a little bit more about what's going on in that personal life. He, he, he doesn't seem to be sending the dick pics to Jerry any longer. We haven't nope. seen, he wasn't successful in wooing the countess away from cousin Greg. We haven't seen him do anything weird shit. I mean, he did, like I said, he did mention his sister's coochie this episode, which is one of his favorite things. But she also did mention his cock. So, I mean, we have to give him that much. Um, yeah, it's just a, that's just a weird. Very God, weird. That's a weird relationship. Very. very uh, let me tell you something. I have never in my life joked about someone fucking my sister or something. Well, I guess I just did it on this podcast right now, but that was the first Yeah, time. I will never do that either. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, I can't even not, fathom doing that. Not, it's... not, not, not in my over. Um, no. <laughs> anyway, Logan's uh, speech. What, how amazing was that? And I, even Ooh. though I'm sitting there thinking about like, cause we're covering rabbit hole and I watched the newest episode of Rabbit Hole on Paramount Plus earlier. And they there's a scene where Charles Dance of uh, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones fame kind of explains like how to destabilize a society and like kind of tear it apart. And it's like basically the Fox News ethos. <laughs> and that's yep. basically what Logan is wanting to create here, even more so than it already is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I still, you still can't help, but be like, holy sh that is the most like vigor and energy that maybe he's shown ever in the series. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Since, since we, since we started seeing what the story was, I'm sure it was like that in the past, but yeah, we have not seen that version of Logan yet. Not to that extent. 
And it really makes you think, okay, that's the guy, right? And it, because earlier in the episode, when he's trying to get, what's her name? Carrie, his assistant. (laughs) Yes. A slot on ATN, which is very Murdoch, right? Uh Um, Well, and I think Redstone had a bunch of that too with actresses and TV shows and stuff like that. You're right, man. I th- and and a lot of other people have done a lot of other dudes have yeah. done that too. Um, was not the thing that took down the Sony Pictures guy too, right? I think so. <laughs> Yamamata I think you're right. Or something, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, he he just has so much fire, and when he is doing the part when he's like, you know why I'm here? I fucking love it here. I his like his accent kind of comes out. Yep. And I was like, "Wow." And his mouth just looks like he's eating the words as he said. That's <laughs> that was an Emmy speech right yeah. there. You're we're fucking pirates. And yeah, that whole thing was just it was unbelievable. I mean, it's I I thought it's fun to see uh Ryan Cox unleashed sometimes. Mm. Yes. And the trick, oh, that's what I was saying is we see him trying to get Carrie in there. He lost. Um, he lost last episode to his kids. He kind of even gives a little nod to the kids before that, right? He's like, they're well, fucking it up that's or what something. I, that's what I was going to say when he, before he goes to see them, and when like he finds out from, who is it? Is it Carrie and Jerry? Or somebody tells him that the kids are trying to, the kids are, are making a bid and they're going to try, or not a bid, but they're going to try and push this thing. Like um, Logan even says something to the effect of they, they've got something here. Like yes. he's like, he's almost like he's proud of them. Yes. Like he's like, not, he says like, yes, they finally are stepping up and being, being killers. Like they need to be kind of a thing. Yeah. It, yeah. Because when we, they left, have some juice, that was what he says. Yeah. When we last left him last episode and he's sitting up late at night, like yelling about ATN, I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of a foreshadowing of a man in total decline. Like we've seen health and everything, but we also yeah. know that part of the Redstone Murdoch, part of these stories is when these guys really hit the wall and start acting like lunatics and Lindbergh shit or whatever, you know? Yeah. But no, what happens is he kind of kicks himself in the ass. He kind of appreciates the kids for a second. It gives him a little bit of like vigor and and motivation. Yeah, motivation. And then he gives that speech and then he goes and meets with them, which did not really go well, mostly because of them. I thought he actually was kind of trying more than he ever had in that in that meeting. It's not much, but. Yeah, well, and I think it's because he there's some because of what like well, like when he says when they've got the juice, yeah. I think it, it, he has some kind of respect for him now that he didn't have before. Like it goes back to the whole make your own pile comments from a couple from last episode and those kind of things where I don't I think he thought his kids were all dumbasses, which he obviously still says that in this episode for like I mean not in those exact words, but well, I think because they, they I did, think some though. of that respect is yeah, I think some of that some of this him him. Them doing these moves, I think he's st- he's starting to gain their respect in some weird, twisted way. Well, I think really he was willing 
to to work with them as much as he could. He'll always fuck them in the end, just like they always want to try to one up and fuck him, except for Roman. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why it makes sense that Roman comes and visits him. And really, I do think that when Roman came, it was kind of funny. Like he just walks in and he's like, yeah, dad, I wasn't really happy how that kind of ended (laughs) there, you know, and he actually is coming there from an emotional perspective. And yeah. right away, Logan's like, yeah, have this drink. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, why don't you come work for me? He's like, um, I, I mean, I guess. And honestly, I think if I were Roman, I would fucking ditch brother and sister and I would go with daddy, at least for the time being, you know? Yeah. And, the, you know, the other thing is what that, because he, he, he kind of implied he wants him to take over ATN, right? Or yeah. take over whatever the new news thing is going to be? I think so. I, th- I mean, come on. Tom is... Uh, so what does that mean yeah. for Tom? Well, that could be something interesting if Tom yeah, has to go crawling back to there. Shiv, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, though I think that Tom is, a, in a sense, a serious person or can pass himself off as that and, and yeah. has <laughs> That's this That's a good job. way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he's also totally expendable and Logan would easily just say to him, Tom, it's time for you to take a back seat or I see, I, you know, yeah. I, you know, Tom, there's still work to be done in parks or, <laughs> you, know yeah, I mean? you know, I did. I thought it was interesting too. When, uh, the, well, the conversation, when Logan is in the offices there and they're in the, in the kitchen with Greg and Greg and Tom, and he's asking him about the tape. And he basically says, tells Tom, well, you're the one who's going to have to tell her. And I, I don't know anything about this. And I, it's like, he's not, he doesn't want to get his hands dirty with that, mm-hmm. but he's willing to get his hands dirty with everything else. I thought that was very, I don't know. It's an interesting Loganism too. Well, I think that that was for me also a signal that he, he was kind of feeling this return to form and, and feeling energized that he, he he when he first asked Tom and then Tom was like uh you know kind of went along with it yeah she could really do good and then was it the fact that Hugo had that video oh, God. in the meeting that made man, I was lo- laughing by oh man that's oh so funny but that yeah. shows the self-realization right like Logan's response to that is not okay fuck these people she's good he's like no this was stupid why am i doing this i gotta get tom yeah. to end this thing and then the way greg does it where she, it ends up where she's like <laughs> if this if this focus group isn't real i'm gonna crush you yeah i'm gonna peel you like a piece of oh, string cheese oh, i think was the, something oh, like you that remember yeah, it's better the, than me i should just oh, ask it's, you well and you know the weird thing about the the Part of that, that part that with Logan was that what you said is completely right about that. And then at the end of the episode, like he invokes Hitler. So he's obviously going to go crazy. I mean, when he says at the end, I mean, any history buff will know when he says we're going to go a night of the long knives. Mm -hmm. That was the famous thing that Hitler did where he wiped out all of the other people so he could rise to power, like murdered, murdered all kinds of people. So I'm like, what is, so it's, I don't know. Logan going in killer mode is definitely a different way than that. Obviously, he's not going to kill somebody, but the uh, I, I'm interested to see where where it actually goes. 
Well, I think he's. I think for ATN it would mean Tom, but he also said that what's her name, the gravelly voiced lady. I can never remember yeah, her name. The the program director yeah. or whatever her name is. Uh-huh, that she's going to be out too. Yeah. And I think going super, we, you know, they always hint towards, and they hinted at last episode more so that I guess there's like, maybe they're transposing that it's in whatever, I don't, they never say actually, is it 2023 in their world? I don't know, right? I don't think we've had, if we've had a date. Let's mention any time. I don't think it's been recent. I don't remember. I don't, but I think it's more so that this election coming up is like the Trump election. Yeah, and I, I kind of get that impression yeah, too. That maybe that this some right wing lunatics coming into office, and that Logan can hitch a ride plus manipulate that person. You know, yep. as we saw what re- you know, the kind of contentious relationship that Fox has had, that Murdoch actually has had with Trump. Right. Yeah. Where they and kind they, of and go they back can, and forth. He, he knows he can make tons and tons of money off of it. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if they have taken some stuff from real life. I wonder if they get into like the Dominion stuff and this, you know, like being responsible for actually what they broadcast. You know, I don't know if they'll. I don't know. I don't know if they'll go in, go that deep with just if it was True, going for another yes. couple of seasons, I could see it, but um, with only a few episodes left, and even, that if would, they, even if they yeah. did, it would be more about the mechanics of their lawyers and stuff than it would be the actual, they don't really, you know what I mean? This show doesn't yeah. just presents that as bad, right? Like yep. there's no question about that. So there's not really, they don't really get too deep, but um, yeah, that that could be interesting to see, but I thought it, it. I really enjoyed the way this episode subverted a lot of what we were thinking was going to happen. And this has been fun, even over the course of two weeks after hearing about this show for so long, and then binging it and talking about mm-hmm. it with you for the first time just a week ago. Um, I I mean, here we thought that they were going to be um like kind of beholden. For low and Logan was gonna fuck up the merger to, to get yeah. them, and it's the other way around. And and I thought Logan was on his way down, and the kids were trying, and it's really the other way down. And they really went out of their way to show how revenge minded Shiv and Kendall were, especially that last shot too, where Kendall's just sitting in the limo and he's like smiling to himself, like grinning. Yeah, yeah. how did it feel the, to yeah. fuck that again, guys? And it's like, really, what? Dude. Yeah, my only regret is it didn't last longer or yeah. something like that. I can't remember the exact thing. And you know, the other I noticed something else there in that last scene with those two in the limo. You glance over and you can see Shiv's phone is on, and I'm pretty sure she was going to call Tom because it says Tom on the mm. on the contact thing. I don't think she did, but I thought that was. An, I paused it on that. I can't get out of the stupid pausing screenshot crap from other shows that we talk about. So I thought that was. It's yeah. I don't know that. I could still see her and Tom getting back together somehow, but. Not that that really matters anyways, but I could too. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see when we come back, I don't watch the previews, how far down we are has the, I I would kind of like them. It would be, I, I kind of now I'm interested to see Logan at work, you know, and, and well, I I did, I did see the preview for next week. I won't spoil what it is, but it's, 
it takes it's it, i think it's a direct continuation of this episode okay that's cool hey i'm gonna take i'm not gonna complain right i i'm i'm yep. on i'm on the uh i'm on the uh the ship or the train or whatever you're yeah. gonna call it i, I didn't P, i it was pj it was one of those things where the dang hbo max autoplay started yeah. playing and i didn't realize what it was and i thought it was one of their behind the scenes things which i, I have been watching the behind the scenes part on these and I and I, uh, before I realized it was a preview, it was too late. So I'm like, well, oh, well, I guess I know now. I mean, this isn't quite a show like Westworld or something where you want everything to be completely spoiler free. So true, true. But that's cool. I, I I dig it. I wonder, I wonder if they'll jump ahead at all this season because it is pretty much following along. And I guess we are going up against this buyout from dojo right so that has that's going to be a plot i wonder if that's going to happen and then the season goes on or that's a well i mean even in this episode they say that the the merge or the buyout and the and uh they were going to go see roman and uh what's his name uh, logan we're going to go see matson and yep. roman is like well uh connor's wedding is tomorrow i mean so but something, I mean, I would think we got to see the mats and stuff for sure yeah. would be my guess, but I didn't see that in the preview, but I wonder how I can't imagine Connor's they're going to skip too far ahead right be. away. Is Connor's wedding. Is he going to, what did he originally want to do? He wanted to do a, a flat, a flash mob or something. <laughs> yeah. At the statue of Liberty. And, oh God. And I think, isn't this next episode, the one that uh, Sarah Snook has been going around saying there's a 40 minute un uncut take or something crazy Ooh. like that. Nice. Or a twenty-minute cut, or a twenty-minute take, or something. Yeah. I thought I remember seeing something about her. One of these next couple episodes supposedly has like a insanely long take. Yeah, I would really, you know, one thing I haven't done. I've watched some of those behind the scenes, but they're usually more about the plot. You know, I mm-hmm. would love to see something more about how they shoot this because I, I, you know, that that I. You don't know how much that kind of handheld nature it seems like. And this is a very actorly show where you kind of just let them create and then cut the angles together and go Mm -hmm. with multi cameras. You know, you have two or three cameras and they usually do do that because if you pay attention to how they're shooting, they they pretty much keep. You know, everything is on a line, is on that 90 degree line. So they're not really crossing over it a lot. And it's just from different, like one camera will, will be in a wide or a mid, and then the one, another one will be in a close up just from a slightly different angle. Yep. So it seems like they can have that. And I think they also do shoot a lot in actual place. Like when they walk into that bar, at least when they walk in, I, that seems to be a real bar. Now, as they it get sure further, looked like one, yeah, yeah. When they get further into it, you know, like say the the um, w- when they're doing the karaoke, that's probably a set, right? So yeah. they can blow the walls out and do whatever they need to do with lighting. Or but, even in the bar, I'm guessing, mm, like when they're sitting around the table, I'm guessing yeah. that was probably a set too. So I'd love to see how they actually shoot this show, which I haven't seen yet, but it's, it, I, uh, I would I sh- think it's for the actors first off. I should say too, on the making of on this one, I normally don't watch those for most shows, but on this show, they actually don't even really talk that much story. It's more character stuff. So like a lot of it, like this episode, a lot of it was Brian Cox just talking about Logan, yeah. not necessarily what happened in that episode. I yeah, mean, but they what don't happens, show a lot obviously. of technical stuff. That's yeah. What, yeah. It's know. not, it's not like the tech stuff. Yeah. At all. No, I love that. I love to just see when they're shooting, just put a camera and let, let us see 
how they're shooting it, where they're, I mean, it always blows your mind, especially you'd see like on some of the, uh, I mean, I, I think of Game of Thrones always because they showed so much of it. But mm-hmm. that's really, and I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder how much CGI they use for backgrounds and stuff on this, or how you know it's. But I think they don't do that a lot, so I think they don't. I really get the impression to. a lot of it is shot on on locations yeah. of places. But, yeah, you, but you never. I know. don't. The the stuff that I have, I mean, they do have a little bit of stuff where you can see, you can see see just like a couple seconds of them shooting on stuff, and it looks like mostly location shots. Yeah, at I least that they so. show. I don't see a lot of sets being shot there, but no, I don't think they shoot this in the volume with Mando. <laughs> That's like the last episode of Mando when when uh, he leads like the whole city out into the desert, and there's yeah. only like. 10 of them and that's because that's all who the number of people that can fit inside that yeah, more can fit in the thing yeah <laughs> and you're like oh, it's only like 10 people live in that whole fucking place yeah god you all can live in one house <laughs> but i still love Mando. that's that's kind of funny because that's when we were watching it claire's like was there only 10 people in the whole city what the hell <laughs> what's going on that's uh, you gotta let it go though right I got a little baby yep, Yoda that's what I said I said it's Star Wars you can't overthink this one alright well let's wrap it up Ando this has been fun man I love this Monday thing maybe we'll do it again next week yeah I think if uh, as long as my schedule allows for it I think it would be a good idea yeah you know I actually had asked Scott from the uh, what's their podcast called the real drama serious TV yes. drama the serious. STD STVD podcast. Yeah, because I was listening to him talk about Succession, and I was liking it, but uh, he wasn't able to make Maybe we'll have a guest next week, but I like starting Monday off with a pod. I dig it, man. Yeah. I dig yeah, it. it's fun. So thank you for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check us out at dvrpodcast.com. Head over to Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash dvr. Check out right now, of course, we are covering Yellow Jackets. And Rabbit Hole. Last episode of Rabbit Hole was awesome. Uh, check that out. I haven't watched episode three yet, so I'm excited to check that out. You will like it, man. I think it's the best episode yet and really kind of tells you what's happening a lot more. Well, let's just say we go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>